0: is brought to you in part by Marcellus Hill Productions. Go to the moon and back with the social media event of the year on his IG Live this November 11th at 8 p.m. Register at marcellushillproductions.com to receive your free digital program for the night of the show. Because image is everything.
1: they never said the size podcast was too much.
2: Who knows more about music than us?
0: The SICE is a black podcast spanning all genres with a sprinkler of pop culture and a shit ton of foolishness. If you know from DC, you probably don't know what SICE is. And What's up, everybody? This is Muse, co-host of the baddest podcast in the land, The SICE. A black music podcast spanning all genres with a sprinkle of pop culture and a shit ton of foolishness. I will be your moderator, as Stephanie so graciously introduced me as, for today's talkback of the film, The Let Out. Ayanna Long did her thing on this, and I got questions for the people. <laughs> Quick funny story. A friend of mine, when I was living in New York, her name is Lindsey Smith, started introducing me to people as the Diggy Simmons of D.C. Simply because my dad, Michael Muse Sr., was the first male singer for Rare Essence. She's a crazy person, but it was funny as fuck. So when Stephanie brought the idea to me to do a collaboration between the SICE podcast and Be Real Black Cinema, and it was go-go related, we jumped all over it. She was like, you have to moderate this talk back, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "Uh, duh, the fuck? I'm the Diggy Simmons of DC and the certified Salton of Southeast. Enough. (laughs) But enough about me, okay? I want to start off like, for the people on the panel, just as a formality, just to go around the room and also introduce yourselves and like tell us what part of the city that you are from. Um, Cause you know, DC people like distinction.
3: Yeah, um, I'll start. Um, so I grew up in Southeast DC. Um, my parents still live in the Anacostia neighborhood. And um, that's where I will be moving back to um, when I return to DC at the end of the year. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to have you back um i'm actually in pg but in the process of moving to northwest but i'm from actually prince george's county and since people like distinction i want to make that clear i'm from <laughs> pg county <laughs> I
1: like to make it. it's a lot of people
3: from pg though like, i know i know
4: but i'm not one of the, i mean I, we know each other so i'm from pg we know the area i'm from pg
0: I have strong ties to Fiji County, but I was born and raised in Southeast. I live in Southeast right now. Like, I just like, you know, clarify because people lie on a regular basis.
2: So you
0: got <laughs> Seriously.
3: We know, we know.
0: And I was in school, so me and Stephanie both went to Clark Lane. I don't know what school you went to, but we went to Clark Lane. And there was this girl who was like, oh yeah, I'm from the DMV, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from DC, where are you from? Like, where actually are you are from? You? She was like, oh, Richmond. And I was like, (laughs) this is why I don't say DMV because I'm actually from the city of D.C. I know it get confusing because it's not a real state, but like, all right, y'all, Richmond, that's two hours away. You're not (laughs) from nobody's area. Yeah,
2: that's
0: a different experience. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: With that, before we start, I have follow-up questions. So what high school did y'all go to?
3: I went to, um, Banneker Uptown and then, huh? You smart. <laughs> but I ended up having to transfer my senior year and I graduated from Washington math and science. So WMST used to be on, um, on New York. Is that New York Ave? I think that's New York Ave. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think that they recently closed down. So.
4: And I went to Suitland, and I feel like because I went to Suitland, I got a nice taste of D.C. because we were right on the border, and everybody's using their auntie or father address, so I had a lot of D.C. classmates.
0: Okay. Y'all can <laughs> the test. I ain't going to ask the rest of my questions because it's more, but because um, in school, I used to ask people, all right, where your grandmother stay, like, right now? Like, we got to find out where the people are from. I went to Duke Ellington School of the Arts, but... Okay. I almost went to Friendship Collegiate and I'm glad that I did not because <laughs> we will not have to talk about D.C. school system, but I just want to give another big round of applause. Yeah. Um, Ayana, you ate that. I've like, watched this 3,000 times already just to prepare for tonight and I was like, I miss outside. I miss going to the Go-Go's. Like, I was telling Steph, like we were texting during the film and I was like, we used to literally leave Atlanta while I was in school, just to come home to go to the go-go. Like, I didn't care about nothing that was going on in Atlanta. I was like, oh, back plan, boom, I'll be home. $80 on AirTrain, pew, I'm out. I wasn't playing with them. Like,
2: Yeah.
0: you, you touched on so many good points about not only the music, but the city. And I think that the music being like the conduit for everything, you did a really good job of, having the sound be the storyteller. Like, of course there were a lot of interviews and a lot of people had really great things to say. You asked the hard-headed questions, but you let so much of the beat build. Like, that was like, oh, I can't even get this version of this song on YouTube or anywhere. Like, how did you, I want you to talk a little bit more about that. Like, what was the importance of like, hearing the music throughout?
3: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely important to go to the Go-Go's and actually film performances and really try to capture that energy that happens in the Go-Go, just because I feel like so often, you know, I went to college in New York, and I would, like, play music for people in college, and they wouldn't really understand it, and so... I really just feel like it's a music that you do have to experience live, you know, and it's not always going to be translated through a recording. So it was really important for me to capture that, like, performance footage Mm -hmm. um, so that the person watching it could at least feel like they were in that space. So that was really important.
0: I love that. And then we saw Malik on his segments going off about how (laughs) much... (laughs)
2: <laughs>
4: like, I there? like i said i forgot that's what i said but period <laughs> ass out clapping down yes
3: <laughs> and it's like that's where i met malik like it's just so crazy like that divine like meeting mm-hmm. like it's so crazy
0: <laughs> one of the girls that you interviewed said something to the to the effect of you can't party like this nowhere else like you can't feel like this nowhere else and that's true like I don't, I, of course, when the world was open, I was, like, going out all the time, but you can't party like you party at the CFE at Park.
2: You
3: can't
0: party like you party at, like, how we used to party at the Neon. You're not gonna get that and, like, out to eat. Like, it's not the same. It's a completely different type of energy.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think just live music, you know, just, just that really, that, that's something that I definitely miss, you know, during the pandemic, and You know, I definitely miss being around people dancing. You know, it's just like, like you said, you're not about to get that. And I mean, the girls, even in the film, they were just like, if I'm going to dance, I'm going to yoga. <laughs> right. And, and then, that, like, they
0: said so many things that I just feel all the time. Like, even on the size podcast, we talk about how we want to go out, we want to go dance. That's not what normal going out gives right now. It's a lot of everybody standing around on their phone, everybody just looking each other up and down. And that's at every type of party too, right? It's not even just a specific genre of outing. It's like, that's what it is. People be on their phone and they don't really talk to each other. They go get their drink. And I'm just like, at the go-go, everybody's dancing. Like everybody is dancing the entire time.
4: I feel like you go to get messed up, like you go to get sweaty, so you don't, your guard is already down. Cause you know, there's no idea of leaving looking cute. Mm-hmm. It's, it can't happen. So even, I might as well enjoy it. Even if
0: you just chilling, it's still gonna be, gonna be too hot. Hot, exactly. It's like it's gonna be something like, I remember, where did y'all used to party at the most? Like, I don't know how old everybody is, so I don't want to age myself. Cause I look like a baby today. But, <laughs> I don't know, like, where y'all used to go. I, CFC. Yeah,
3: CFC.
4: Brothers Place.
3: hmm I was definitely, um... Food. I was definitely at the Zanzibar. The, um, Z-
0: <laughs> the Zanzibar. <laughs> uh, people in the comments talking about the Black Hole, Burn Manor. Yep, Before I was... De- de- oh,
3: the Brown Manor. Y'all know the Brown Manor burned down.
0: Yeah, my best friend lived across the street over Colorado Avenue, and we used to go, and then when that, like, ship sailed. I was like, well, what are we about to do now?
3: That was sad. That was sad when that burned down. But, um, yeah, I went to the Neon, definitely. Um, what was that uh, club? I can't, I am not remember the name. There was a club down Gallery Place that was more so like a spot that I went to when I was in college and would come home to D.C. to visit. And I just cannot get the name out right now. But Lucky I'm- Strike? Say it again. Lucky strike. Oh.
0: <laughs> I mean, because back y'all play a Lucky Strike now. <laughs> really? Yep. Yeah, like yeah. right before Tiffany is in the chat. Before we close down, I right. feel me, her and my homeboy Jerome would Lucky Strike. They used to do like every Wednesday or something like that. It's real ghetto, but it was the time. <laughs> I
3: love it. I love
0: it. it. Yeah, Lucky, Lucky Strike lit. Lucky Strike is
3: a time. I, love <laughs> it. I know they had go-go's and Lucky Strike. I think
4: it, now clapping in your bowling shoes. <laughs>
0: so Lucky
3: Strike is big.
0: So the, the bowling side is closed for this night. You just oh, okay. I, I didn't even ever see the band, but I felt the band every time that I was in there. It used to
4: be so lit.
3: There was a spot called Love TV that wasn't too far from Gallery Place. No, that one was Uptown, Love TV. Did y'all remember Love TV?
4: Is that on Georgia or no?
3: I think so, yeah. I
4: feel like I do remember then.
3: It's it's a little small hole in the wall. uh, A little (laughs) up rooftop. I think so. I think so, but
0: um, (laughs) because we used to be hot and bothered in the CFE Mm -hmm. when I first, first, first started going to the Go-Go's Hot Shops uh, La Pearl, after they changed chef. I never went to the Thai seafood because that's where like most one of them used to be, there used to be a lot of ruckus going around.
3: Yeah, it was, it was.
0: (laughs) But every place wasn't like that, like some places you could just go and chill and have a really good time, and then, um, when I was in high school, so like, Duke is public, but it's like technically private because you have to audition. So we used to party with a lot of private school kids, and they would get the bands to come to their schools.
3: Oh, I went to the Gonzaga Blackout. <laughs> oh, and you the- can do it. And I mean, in talking to Natalie in the film, she told me that those private schools used to have like black student unions Mm -hmm. and they would really advocate to bring the bands to perform in the schools. And I mean, they had the money, so. They
0: definitely did. Because that tuition was college tuition still. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Like we used to, Marae had one. I used to go to the Gonzaga Blackouts. It was another school. Wilson randomly had one one time. That was ghetto. but loved it. Um, We just used to be everywhere. So the timeline of the film stressed me out because I was just like, okay, a lot of people don't even know about these aspects of Go-Go, right? So growing up with it in my household... I would always hear the Chuck, I would always hear the rare Essence and like the the proper utensils and like the grown and sexy of it all before I could even go myself. So some of those clips that you were able to get, like, is it rude to ask, where did you get that shit from? Like, how were you even able to tap into your archivist like that bad and get like Chuck when he was in the band before the Go-Go band? Like, how did you do that?
3: Yeah, I mean, so a lot of the, archival footage came from a gentleman called Mike Gogo Jesus (laughs) and I found out about him I found some of his uh his um videos on YouTube and ended up reaching out to him and just being like you know would you be comfortable with me you know using some of your footage and um he gave me his blessing and you know I was really so thankful that he did because yeah he 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 gave me a lot of the arc the um archive footage that you see in the film but um I think my favorite one which I got from YouTube was uh Chuck Brown and T.O.B. at that birthday party <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um just because you could kind of like just see the joy on their faces like just seeing him perform and they're just so surprised that he's actually up here with them. So I think that, you know, that's one thing that, you know, somebody asked me, what's one thing that you wish you could have done differently with the film? And I wish I could have gotten even more, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, archival footage. Um, just because I've really just loved seeing the bands like as teenagers, um, you know, and just seeing them in that age, because that's how I really remember them, you know? And so, um, and really I wanted to kind of, kind of like juxtapose the bounce speed bands and the older generations, like kind of just like those images of them both in the party because it's such like similarities. Although I know that there are a lot of differences with the sound, I just think the way in which we, party like hasn't changed that much like i know because i seen some i seen some old footage of them shaking some ass like how we do now and it's like they try to front like they wasn't doing that but it's just like i've seen you all do that so you know it's just kind of like i really wanted to kind of bridge that gap and kind of like share those similarities
4: there was a really good moment that highlighted that in the film. I believe the gentleman was associated with familiar faces. And he was like, you know, our generation, it was always grown and sexy. It was always well dressed. It was always, in the next clip, people was twerking on the roof. So it's like, <laughs> somebody <laughs> not doing the math right. Like, somebody not doing the math right.
0: I'm talking about Donnell, he used to manage and was lead mic for rare essence at one point. Okay. He used to be around, and I used to be like, who is this, because he thinks he's the D.C. Like, if you talk to him, it just gave like, oh, you really think that this is like your give? And I'm just like, it's all right. But he wasn't wrong. Everything that he said was completely right, and I think those parallels that Ayana was talking about, how we party now, and then them, like you said, like, being on the roof, that looked like Tucker Road, when we used to go to the pool party go go the reaction was playing, like, that's the same party. Mm-hmm. So like I was about to cave in through the roof. They told me to sit down, too. So that was everything. Because, like you said, the spirit of Go-Go and the spirit of the city, like DC as a whole, that never changes, no matter what.
3: Yeah. yeah. And was- I
4: also want to say, that scene when they were clapping on the roof, it also looked like carnival. And I think like Go-Go just looks like Black music everywhere. It's so yeah. African. It's yeah. so beautiful and
3: very african
0: (laughs) real bad like even when the girls were outside and they were like you hear that i (laughs) I get it i get it it's a complete vibe like Mm i get it and you don't you don't get that listening to rap like you don't get that listening to anything else that we listen to in this city um anything
3: mainstream i think you know because i think maybe you might get that if you go into more like subcultures in different areas like if you go into new orleans Mm -hmm. and really kind of get into that bounce scene, you might get that maybe if you go to like detroit and kind of get into their scene but it's just like mainstream no
0: (laughs) you can only see it in those places like like just like you said that's not something that you're just going to get and actually is a good segue to a question that I developed tonight because I was like, I had my little professional notes and I was like, I'm going to ask some other stuff too. So how do you feel about transplant culture versus natives? Because I personally being here as as long as I've been back, I see it's like a thin line, but there is a divide between like Transplants and what they view of D.C. and then natives and what they view of D.C. And An example I can give is when the young lady in the video was speaking about how certain party promoters would class it up and basically say, oh, we can't play go-go here. If you play go-go, we shutting the party down. And then there was like a large group of people who was like, oh, we're well, we not fucking with it because they're not going to play what I want to hear. That to me showed, OK, people who come here are not going to be interested in the way that we grew up. So that automatically shifts things. How do you feel about that?
3: You know, it's like I am, like I said, I'm I'm a transplant in New York right now, you know? And so I really, in terms of the scene in D.C. right now, I, I can't speak to that until I'm back home. However, I do find it interesting that the promoter who likely put forth, you know, those type of rules and not just him, you know, anybody who, who who might, you know, have that way of thinking. Those people, although they might be catering to the transplants, those people, in fact, might be from D.C. Yeah. So I think it becomes more so a question about class than it does, it, it definitely is about like the natives versus the transplants and who you're catering to, but I do think there is a um, group of black people that know how that in their mind they are ready to reinforce those type of anti-black sentiments and it's really unfortunate because they're they're black you know they are um natives you know and so i think it's it's just interesting that um that i really think it's about like class you know that really kind of brings that into question
0: yeah i always thought that that was like a strange side of history to want to be on like Mm -hmm. and that place has its own culture and its own dynamics and you separate yourselves from them for whatever reason, whether it be because of class or whether it be because like you just think that that's something about your city that you don't like. That's kind of weird to me. Like-
3: It it is and I think, yeah, it definitely is. And I think,
4: no, Go-Go is a great expression of kind of just like black insular issues in general because the the relationship we're talking about right now with that class divide i'm I'm growing up in p g county, and I have an aunt who lives on Wheeler Road in southeast, and so going to a cookout in p g is very different than going to a cookout in southeast and we talk about gentrification p g county is a big part of why d c was so vulnerable, mm-hmm. and so go-Go to me can be used to like symbolize a lot of different conversations that are kind of in-house, just black black people talking to black people conversation because there's also a language that we only understand too so i think gogo is beautiful because it can symbolize and does represent like more widespread changes in the city
2: yeah
3: yeah i agree and i mean i think that i'm all i think conversations about anti-blackness within black people is just so interesting to me you know because sometimes it don't even be about you know the white person you know or the other like sometimes it's really about you know something that you're battling within yourself Mm -hmm. um and so I think that them pushing that away is like Malik said that's symbolic of that conversation
0: I think there's a small bit or maybe in some people a lot of it of self-hatred when it comes to that separation I think that the further distant you try to get away from whatever you think is ghetto and if you think that go-go represents a ghetto part of D.C., then, of course, you're going to distance yourself from that. Like, I have family members who, like, work for the government their whole life. They got their check. They moved to deep in PG County, and now they're just like, oh, I don't never drive through D.C. I'm just like, well, girl, that's where all the fun is. You bored as hell.
4: Yeah, I will <laughs> say. is very boring, period. Like,
0: everybody I know that live in PG County, and they PG County are proud, and there's nothing wrong with that. But they come to D.C., and we, we turn up. Like, it's a whole thing.
4: Like, I'm one of those people. county there's nothing to do out here property value don't make no sense can't nothing to do yeah
3: it's it's interesting it really is it really is it's
0: wild it's wild to watch especially like i said being back and being um i don't know if you guys joined the conversation late we were talking about where we were from and i'm from dc but i lived away for like off and on for 10 years so when i got back this was my first time being an adult in dc and it's a complete if you move away from anywhere, it's a completely different city when you come back. But being a child, leaving when I was 16 and then coming back when I was like 27, 28, is definitely a stark contrast between the two sides of the city that I got. Cause you get to experience different things and there's been a complete overhaul of certain communities between then and now.
3: Mm-hmm. That's crazy.
0: It's just it's just really weird to see. So like we will welcome you back, Ayana, but it's going to be some, oh, well, that's not there no more. Oh, um, my Um, Oh, that's real nice. What's that? Like, it's going to be a lot of that when you get
4: back. I, was, I went to Howard, and you can't even see the school anymore. Like, it doesn't even exist because of the landscape. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that change is crazy, and it happened very quickly.
0: Yeah. Like overnight because I would I would Mm -hmm. come back and forth and there would be changes every single time. Like Mm -hmm. South Capitol Street Bridge looks different. Like Navy Yard and Waterfront is a completely different neighborhood. Like it's just I don't know, gentrification has always been weird to me because as a like upperly mobile, I guess, black guy in the city, like I'm doing well enough for gentrification to work for me, but it still doesn't work for me because my family is not able to benefit. Like I, there might be people across the street from me that can't do the same things that I'm doing because of gentrification now and it's like y'all are still wiping out my community to a certain
2: extent
3: yeah I think that like definitely that question of who benefits because once you start asking that question of, who benefits, I think that's when you start thinking about like who is this actually for you know and it's just like it's not to say that You know, there are people who have been living there that don't like nice things. Like, you know, like, it's not to say that these people, you know, wouldn't appreciate that. It's just kind of like, you know, this isn't here for you. This is here for new people that's about to come in.
0: (laughs) And again, the the transplant versus the Native conversation. Natives feel that. Transplants don't necessarily feel that, but Natives will feel that. They can see that things are being built up. Like Southeast got two Trader Joes now. What? Trader Joe's is my main grocery store, but that happened when I left DC. That has nothing to do with how I came up. So now I'm just like, okay, it's a Whole Foods on H Street. Like it's all of these different like white. Like there's a Beer Garden on H Street. 8th and H used to be notorious for crime and drugs. Like, what you mean you party? There's a trolley on H Street and Bennett Road now.
4: And I'm just like. there's a bar on you called Wet Dog Tavern. And I'm like, they trolling now because they knew they took it to the next level. And then they want to have a bar called the Wet Dog Tavern because they know
3: Tavern? The Wet
4: Dog Tavern. Yeah.
3: That's <laughs> trifling. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>
4: so was the behavior. So Patty said that you.
3: sounds like Englewood too. You know, and that's just crazy when you, because I'm deaf. I can definitely, you know, talk to like New York natives, and they say the same things about certain parts of Brooklyn. You know, so it's just like I know that that's not just an experience that that DC is having. I know that's an experience that is happening across black neighborhoods yeah. across the country.
0: And I think that like this film is important because it encapsulates this experience of that even though everybody is going through it at the same time, it's not the same way in every city. And I think it's important that, again, people like distinction. It's important mm-hmm. to distinguish what's happening in D.C. versus what's happening in Philly. What's happening in Atlanta versus what's happening in Houston. Because like these are inherently Black spaces that are kind of being overrun by others. And it's just like, well, what about us when we are the ones that built I mean, before building the city, we built the nation. So it's like.
3: Where is our space?
0: Exactly.
3: Where's the space that's safe for us? You know? Mm-hmm. The go go.
4: Period. And Ayan, I also want to say that's why it's important that you're telling and the way that you have crafted it so beautifully because go go is wildly underdocumented, And so I'm just appreciative to observe your work and all the archival digging you've done because it does kind of encapsulate the past the present and by v- virtue of who wasn't part of it the future of gogo so i just thought it was a beautiful job and i was just thinking about what Muse has said like the the things are just like leaving so quickly and sometimes we don't have the time or it's not our nature to write down things and that's certainly the case with gogo so i think just the act of documenting it is very important and I, yeah i just wanted to just highlight and emphasize that and say thank you
0: yeah no to kind of mimic that or piggyback on that i definitely like appreciate this as a vessel of knowledge because there's people in our families that will never experience the type of go-go that we did or never experience that type of exhilaration at a party because it's not common like they i think it was donnell himself he said it's not even that many spaces that you can go into and hear go-go like I remember going to parties where there might not have been a band, but they was going to play go-go for like a specific section of the night because it was in D.C. And it's not even, that's not a thing. That's definitely not a thing. I don't hear, if I go to a regular party, they're not playing go-go. It's not like college where you're at least going to hear sexy lady because that's all people outside of D.C. know. You're not going to hear nothing. So no UCB for you. Sorry, <laughs> Trey, but you didn't make it on this um, ledger. but. Speaking of bands, what are what are some of y'all favorite bands? Like I'm a I'm a backyard TCB head. Like I would come home again from Atlanta just because TCB was doing a function. I actually think there's footage of the TCB reunion and I was like, I was there because I seen my homegirl Kim dancing on the um couch. I was like, hey, I'm on the other side. The camera just ain't get me. Let me find out I could have met I. a long time ago. <laughs> That's
3: hilarious. Um, No, definitely. I love back. Um, I really have to shout out T.O.B. for this because they were they were the band that gave me the most time and like the most energy. And it's just kind of like I really just appreciate them for that. Um, Definitely TCB, UCB. But, you know, a band that I I discovered Mm. in this process, which is like a, a, a old school band, I discovered subtle thoughts. During this <laughs> And, like, I was going up to see them at Tacoma Station, like, religiously. Every
4: Friday. I, <laughs> and,
3: yes. I, I, I <laughs> they still are there, but, like, subtle thoughts is, like, it's a different vibe. No. But I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I never even knew about <laughs> this band.
4: <laughs> I'm also glad you said Tacoma Station Tavern, because that's also such a cute, grown-and-sexy yeah,
3: spot.
4: I love Tacoma Station. Yeah. My favorite band right now is New Impressions. They had a recent release of the summer and that shit is what I need. I think they hit the Beyoncé Black Parade on it and it's everything that I need. Yeah. Um, also, I'm like, I really listen to music I listen to in high school on repeat. So that's AAO and ABM and like yeah. 2009. It's like constantly coming back, mm-hmm. coming back, coming back, coming back,
0: yeah. where' this Because this is another thing I was talking about with Stephanie. There's like two places I know in the city right now today that actually sell go-go music. But if you're not down to the spin real and and they're sketchy, like I wouldn't even suggest just anyone go there. It's one is in the back of a McDonald's on Go Road. I have physically been in there, but they sell go-go out the back. I love it. I
2: love it. I, I had
0: no, no. no idea. <laughs> Your family from I know you know what I'm talking about. That famous McDonald's on Good Hope Road, over there by the grocery store. <laughs> I
3: know, cause I live over
0: there. And I... <laughs> they, sell, they sell GoGo and they sell GoGo CDs in there. I don't know who making them. I don't know what the regulations are. I don't even know how you ask for. Them. So I haven't like what? That's
4: the back door. Speak easy.
0: One time I was at a gas station right in front of me. This is about to be real, DC. I'm sorry, y'all. I told Stephanie I wasn't going to be ghetto, but she knew. All right. In front of the McDonald's is a gas station. I was getting gas one day. <laughs> and they was playing a new backyard song. And I was like, I know that that's Big G. What is this? So I went to the dude car and I was like, where did you get this song from? He was like, oh yeah, you got to go to the McDonald's. Don't go through the drive-thru, but go inside. And then you just talk the da 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 and yada yada yada." And I was like, not doing that, but thanks. <laughs> I'll make sure that I tell everyone where to get this from. So that's one place. Sketch McGregor. And then I if I'm not mistaken, there is still a CD store inside of Iverson Mall Oh, yes. There. It's beside the, like, security guard police station store where you can get, like, your holster and your badge and all that. It's beside that. It.
1: Yeah.
4: And I forgot that store existed at Iverson Mall. That's, like, where every metro worker or security guard gets their uniform.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, you said it's new reaction. I don't even know where to get that from right now. I'm just, like, where am I downloading this? They not on streaming. It's not the type of mainstream art form that is getting like sold on apple music or uh itunes it's not streaming on fucking spotify unless you are a backyard or a, a, a black alley who again don't even consider themselves go so it's like you gotta rip it from youtube put in your little codes and like yeah
3: somebody said is it still pa was that pa policy uh-huh that's the name of it Got gotcha, you. Okay. And then we all, we definitely have U Street, you know? Um, the Metro PCS. Yeah, the, the, the Metro PCS store. hmm
0: So, another good segue. The Metro fucking PCS store. Have y'all seen videos of, like, the lady out there dancing? And just, like, every time that they do a Mochella now, shout out to Justin, you had him in the video. He kind of put all of that together off some activism shit and was like, we not about to like let them tear us down when it comes to our music. So I really wanna say shout out to like broccoli City and all of those different organizations that the GoGo Museum like that are trying to uphold the culture because if it wasn't for them, the apartment or like the complex that was complaining about the Metro PCS still playing GoGo would have won. And we have been able to even hear that just driving around the city mm-hmm.
3: and can you imagine that not being there like it's no sense
0: like that 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 is something that we definitely grew up with so and you it, like to change that
4: and it made me it, well right now i'm thinking about because even that new apartment for those who are outside dc called the shay they had that uh, iconic i think it was like a genderqueer w- woman or genderless figure holding that fan that says she has arrived and it's like that even speaks to the way that we communicate as a people. We're loud, we're we're saying we're we're just more expressive. Like they had to be, their shade was not very subtle, but it was, it was stagnant. It was two-dimensional. Like they couldn't really articulate in the way that we can uh what their posture was. So I'm just thinking like there's a a, a cultural difference even in that building and some of the ways and some of their cultural cues, the way they wanted to communicate to us their feelings about that music and about D.C. residents.
3: That's crazy. She has arrived.
4: She has arrived. And she was also wearing an Elizabethan like, you know, it was that girl. It was giving like colonizer vibes. Heavy. Period.
2: Wow! That
1: is definitely shady.
0: (laughs) Just to give give a little context of the conversation, I want to say mid last year, there was a big scandal in the city about gentrification because Mm -hmm. there's this specific Metro PCS, it's a T-Mobile store, but they sell it's Metro PCS and T-Mobile on the corner of Florida Avenue and Georgia Avenue. It's right when 7th Street turns into Georgia Avenue. It's parallel, I mean, perpendicular to U Street, so like if you come to D.C. to visit, that's where everybody at, that's where the bars are, that's where hookah is, like that's the party. Nellie's is over there for the queer folk, like it's a whole situation. I used to be there every weekend, and then Corona. But there was a noise complaint from a new apartment complex that has been built over there and they were basically trying to get metro pcs to stop playing go-go because this is a, a storefront that plays music all throughout their open hours so from opening to closing they're blasting music in the street and it was like a staple in the city mind you this is the same time where there's like residents of the area walking their dogs on Howard campus and not using pooper scoopers like just being super disrespectful and blatantly like egregious towards what the community is that they are moving into so the city basically banded together and said no go go music is the music of dc and we will not allow this to go on we're not going to say no to them playing music they can do whatever they want to they've been doing it, leading people along what do you think needs to happen in order for us to continue that spirit because that was one thing but there's so many other things that happened that where the, the apartment building did win or where the go-go did get shut down and we can't party there no more so i think that there needs to be more efforts what do you guys think about next steps
4: in that
3: process Malik can speak on this, I feel
4: like. (laughs) I was going to say, for me, what I identify as the next step, and also just highlighting a win of Don't Mute D.C., is um, the legislation that came out of it, which made D.C. the official music of, uh, I mean, Go-Go, excuse me, the official music of D.C., but also the monetary uh, reward, I guess, of all of that activism is the official music of dc act of 28 2019 excuse me so there's three million dollars now that's allocated specifically for go-go activity in dc and so that is a win and that is a testament to playing them drums on u street and like shutting down 14th street so mm-hmm. i think for me um than the go-go museum someone who was benefiting from that three million dollars it's like we have to continuously share out the resources we have to Exhaust the funds so they can see that there's a need for more. So, like, we can't just have this year and sit on it. This is the year for everyone to go, go to share Ayana's film. This is the year everyone to go, go to come out to the marches. This is the year everyone to go, go to watch Backyard on uh, YouTube or on Facebook Live. Like, get, show your, continue showing that interest and that pressure because they are reacting to it and we don't want this. And also, elections and people changing office, all that happening, like, keep. Keep the pressure on.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Somebody said in the comments, maybe are creating all ages spaces. And I think that mm-hmm. for me, after, seeing, after creating the film, um, it was really crazy to see. I don't know if you all remember, there was a moment where there's a girl from high school that I interviewed at Eastern, and she... Didn't know she. She even mistaken miss, miss, uh, backyard band for outback band. So you could see that there is a disconnect
2: mm-hmm. amongst
3: the youth with the music. And to me, I remember growing up, going to school, everybody was in the go go band. Like mm-hmm. you know, like it was kind of like everybody in the band. Um, all the girls trying to go to the band practice. Like it was like a thing that you know was really important to us growing up. And I don't think that that's something that is there now for them. And I think that when people go on, when people die, you know, it's just kind of like somebody needs to be there to pass the torch, you know? And so if you don't have a connection to the youth, to me, you don't, like nothing can keep going without that connection. Um, So I definitely agree. Like the all ages spaces definitely need to be prioritized to kind of, um, so reconnect those dots,
4: and Ayana. Because um, I'm in agreement with you, I also wanted to share. Um, I think I shared my reaction to that. As something that's ongoing, but something that is a work in progress, and a part of the reason I'm here tonight. Beyond representing the GoGo Museum and Cafe, I've also produced my graduate thesis, which Ayana was a part of. I interviewed her um, around sustainability of GoGo music and culture, and the four main. Issues or deficits I've identified were the lack of venues, music education in the schools, business development, and a tourism infrastructure. And so, as Ayana is saying, um, th- th- there is a generational gap. Um, and one way I think to uh, amend that is to give tax incentives to new businesses, prim- primarily uh, prioritizing those that are Black owned or minority owned businesses that will have within their bylaws that they have all age. Uh, performances or within their bylaws that they're going to do a certain percentage of go-go activity. So there's a way to lure entrepreneurship and to actually support people who have ideas and might not know the proper route to to actualize them. So there, there is work for the DC government to do honestly around go-go. So while I'm appreciative of all that's happened, I do want to say they have references to cite and to see what they can continue yeah. to do.
3: You don't, yeah, you don't gotta make something, you don't have to pull from nothing. Like, we were doing it, you know? Just put the money back there and make, make it a priority.
0: <laughs> I think that you guys said several, like, very important things, like, falling in line with the list of questions. I'm like, let's keep it going. Let's give it a hard hitting. <laughs> um, the The torch passing, I wanna talk about that for five seconds simply because music in general, I feel like Black music in general has been doing a piss poor job of torch passing over the past maybe like 10, 15 years. Like we talk about this on the podcast, how there are family trees within music that artists don't even realize are there. So people might hate on Queen Naja, but Queen Naja might be this generation's Keisha Cole. And Keisha Cole was that generation's Mary J. Blige. So like it kind of goes hand in hand. We can fight about what I just said later because I don't really care, but (laughs) a fact. And I think that it was important to see what you did in the in the film because TOB knew their history. Chris was listing everything down. He was like, nah, my older brother used to be in a band. He took me under his wing. Like, we were really into it, really trying to figure out our history. He was like, everybody that I met, I set out to meet them because I always wanted to be in a band. You had the uh, the keyboard player from TOB who also was a descendant of uh, put your one leg up and put your booty on.
2: For ah, the
4: longest, I was like, how do you do that? And then I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That that is important, and I think that that is another thing I would not have known that this was happening until I saw this. But I'm glad to see that they are still doing that because just like they, just like another band member, T.O.B. said, like I hope that the youth is paying attention to us, and I hope that they come to us with questions because GoGo could literally stop if they don't come up with something after that. Like. T.O.B. used to open up for the bands I was going to see when I was going to the go-go heavy. So to see them so involved in this and the importance of go-go as a culture and like that being like technically in my blood, I'm just like, am I crying? I'm not crying, you're crying. Uh Like, I was also high when I watched it the first time. (laughs) the edible kicked in right as he started listing off his accolades and I was like, and then you had Chuck up there and I was just like, oh, wow. (laughs) like thug tear <laughs> anyway, i do think that that this is not even a question but i just i, I want to commend you for showing that because that passing down of knowledge in music is rare even on the sides of music that you think that it would happen a lot on it doesn't happen
4: and this is unrelated but i just wanted to highlight one something about the joy you had watching it and the the thug tear that was popping out was when one of the girls on the um, docu was saying, you can't find love in the go-go, but you can find peace of mind. I was like, if that's not a word, I don't know what is. (laughs) Like, I felt that.
0: Like, let me call it and get a tattoo. (laughs)
4: um,
3: I I definitely think that the passing of the torch, like I said, I think it's definitely important. And um, I hope with some of the initiatives that, Malik mentioned that that I will bridge that gap. And definitely it is like, just especially right now, you know, I think that uh, in thinking about like, just safe spaces for black people, I'm really just interested in like, how we can create spaces for ourselves that, you know, aside from any external dangers that might be around us or internal dangers, you know, that we we have a space that we, that we think is sacred that we honor um and that you know we just celebrate ourselves and, and dance and just have a good time you know so i i definitely felt her when she was saying this is peace of mind just being able to just dance
0: <laughs> i thought that that was a really good call out like especially because one of the main monikers of the film um i think you have it at the intro of the trailer and it's the outro to the actual film but you say that Black people are being systematically erased from D.C. And that, mm-hmm. like, my heart literally dropped when you said that. Because, like I said, you can kind of bubble yourself in family, friends, like your experience in a city. Like, Because, for instance, I'm from here. My whole family is here. My closest friends are here. My experience in DC has been super black because all of those people that surround me on a regular basis are black. But that's not to say that that's everybody's viewpoint or vantage in this type of situation. And I think that that called it out like there is a, a whitewashing of the city that is happening. And like even old heads that I know that moved away to be like, yeah, DC ain't the same no more. Or like I'm just like my DC is the same, but I know what you're mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. So how do y'all feel about like I, I know that like Ayana doesn't live here currently, but when you come home is that visible for your city
3: yeah, yeah. I yeah i mean it's visible definitely going out and it's just like i do like to be around different type of people but like and meet people from different places um but i still want to see the people that are there and engaging with that space mm-hmm. um and so and i don't feel like that when i'm home i feel like like you said, it's like I'm I'm around my family and my friends and I see, you know, black people. But in, in going outside of that space, I'm just like, where am I? <laughs> because I think about like my experiences coming to New York for different jobs and things like that. Like it was kind of like a, a shock for me to enter spaces where I was the minority. Because living in D.C., I was always um I never thought about race in that way, just because. I was just always around black people, um, and so that was something that I really and coming to New York had to grapple with, and um, and specifically in a lot of professional spaces. But um, yeah, it, it's just like my understanding of race is just it, it's it's very just different, just because that wasn't. Although you know you're taught about black history and you're taught about these moments in history, it's just like I really didn't have to think about it that much mm-hmm. being around so many black people so I yeah.
0: think spoiled here because mm-hmm. especially in our age range i think that we didn't really have to deal with a lot of that until now mm-hmm. our response to it and in, in ways of expressing our response to it for instance films like this or the gogo museum actually being a thing or rare essence having their picture in the black smithsonian at the end of like all of that, like those are things that I feel like are of revolt in a certain extent of how we feel about the way things have changed here.
4: And I think it's an echo to why GoGo has sustained so long when you're not, I mean and then we see when there is a threat how that messes up the continuity of the music, but it's like when you are in a black space and you can be creative and you're not busy with the distraction of whiteness, you are in like a pure <laughs> test, like you can create you can have good character. You can, like, you can do, you can really develop yourself. And, yeah. you know, I was like, I'm very privileged to grow up in PG County. I grew up with a facade that, like, all these stereotypes that they have, black like, black people, like, they don't exist. I never saw it. I
3: don't
1: know them. Like...
4: Then I went to Suitland, and I was like, okay, well,
3: stop. <laughs> I, I think I understood class before I understood race.
4: For real, and I, I think.
3: the class before I mm-hmm. understood race.
0: Same. Yeah. Is that a DC thing? Like, is that a, or is that like a, a Black City thing? Because I got called other things before I got called nigga, because I was always around Black people. Like, that wasn't something that affected me personally until I got way older. Yeah. And go 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 definitely helped that, because, like, I was always at a space where it was us. It never felt like, I don't know, I never felt like an outsider in my own anything.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Look like, child, I could talk about Gogo, I could talk about DC, I could talk about this all day. I don't want to wrap the people up. I know um some of the panelists might have other stuff to do tonight like it's a random weekday. People got work in the morning and stuff. I don't want to keep the girls. But real um, quick
1: news before we slide out um people were definitely in the comments. So if you could just like swipe oh, over the, 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 the comments.
0: Going on. I've been trying to be professional, but like
1: Latoya's
3: comment, lying to my mother to go to the go-go was an essential part of my DC teenager.
0: <laughs> so, like, I couldn't even go to every go-go. My mom would not let me go to the black hole. I couldn't go to the tunnel. The tunnel turned into the DC star, and I could, like, jug my way to the DC uh-huh. star because it wasn't the tunnel no more, but, like... Sneaking. Lying. <laughs> Somebody said, love me some Nellies. Sadly, me too. Um... What else is in here of note? Like whiteness is the distraction. You're not wrong.
3: That's true, because you don't think about it in that way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was sad when the young man said that his friends don't listen to it and he couldn't really go because of the age requirement. That's a thing. I I mm-hmm. felt a way about the kids in the movie not being able to like resonate with Gogo the way that I did. Because like maybe my experience was a little unique, but I didn't not see people experiencing it the same way. And he basically kicked it off to, to you when you were interviewing him. Like, yeah, I like XIB, but I couldn't get my friends to go to an XIB party if I wanted to. I'm just like, well, first of all, you need new friends. And second <laughs> of all, <laughs> why not? Like, I don't know. Yeah. That, that, that hurt my heart. Most of the film warmed my heart, but that hurt my heart. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I was just typing my farewells. I have a call, I have to get off, but I send a big thank you to everyone. I enjoyed tonight so much.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much,
0: Malik. Thank you. (laughs) Before you leave, let them know where they can find you on, you know, the socials and all of that.
4: Yeah, so my ad, I'm only on Instagram and that's only about two more weeks left. (laughs) My ad on IG is at my name, Malik Glee. And then you can learn a little bit more about my work at GleeGroup.co and Gogo Museum. Actually, don't mute DC. Let's do don't mute DC.
0: I'm coming to the Gogo Museum because I have things to buy.
4: Yes, and and we have and y'all. Well, Ayana, we are gonna talk because this archival bag you in. I need all of that. We gotta work know, together.
0: Absolutely. That's yeah. because I have questions. I didn't want to do too much from like this perspective, but like I need to know about editing. I need to know about archiving. Like I
1: need things. <laughs> we could talk we could talk <laughs>
4: all right peace y'all thank Bye. you Bye. Bye.
1: thank you
0: I told him I was trying to wrap it up for the people I didn't want to you know keep the girls too long but again another big shout out to Ayana for doing this this was everything like I've never I've never seen uh, there's been other go-go documentaries yes but I've never seen one that hit home as much as this one did like you literally tapped into every single part of my own personal go-go experience, even as far back as 80s, 90s when I was born, so I was just like, how did she do this, like, I don't know if you know what this will mean to, like, young people in D.C., but this is something that I can see making a wave in the city, like, I've invited 3000 people to the drive-in on Monday already just because like and so if y'all don't know if y'all want to come to DC after the weekend, you know, put your time and requests off. They will be showing this film again at RFK Stadiums down the street from my mother's house. I could walk there and it's going to be lit. I feel like that's going to turn into a party. Like people going to be outside their cars <laughs> Like cuz the the band's crank, the entire movie like I was like, a blue, a blue, a blue. A blue. A blue. A blue, I was going off in the bed watching this last night. So I just want like, <laughs> to give a big shout out for that. Like this was
2: everything.
3: Yes. And thank you all so much for having me. I love Be Real Black. And I hope this isn't my last time connecting with you all. I'm so just thankful that you all like opened up this space for me. I really appreciate it.
0: It was much needed
1: much needed and so like appreciative of you like muse said like i don't think you'll understand the magnitude of like what you've done until down the line but like that hour of footage just really is going to last for generations so mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if nobody told you we're telling you tonight like you have really like done done something that will mean so much like muse said to the future so We appreciate you for, like, taking the time out to come talk to us tonight. Um, And this is definitely not the end of nothing. Like, when outside open up, we going to the function. Like, whenever COVID don't happen, I'm in DC every month with Muse. So we out. We out for sure. We so appreciate everybody. Um. Does anybody have any like final questions? Y'all want to turn y'all mic on and ask any final questions before we wrap tonight?
0: we got a new message. Anything in the,
1: the comments? comments? Oh, I see. Sam had a question in the comments.
3: Oh, what about Gogo made it a target for politicians to rail against as an issue? How is its relevance in the city changing? I mean, it definitely was a lot going on in terms of like. And I think Natalie mentioned this, like just the drug trade in DC, and like this being a space where if something, if some drama is happening outside of the go-go, this is the space where people gather. So mm-hmm. you know, they're and they're like, like the TOB member said, you know, like they're bad apples in the bunch. So it would be sometimes a fight or something that would happen, you know. And so those type of like violent um, things that would happen, it got tied to the music and it was an opportunity for them to attack those spaces so um like the politicians did rally around um taking a lot of venues liquor license and um just really working hard to shut down these spaces so that they didn't have spaces to perform in anymore Um, and so they knew what they were doing and you know it was never the music you know it was always you know, things happening outside of the music, but hopefully, you know, we're working to bring that, combat that and bring back some venues. Yeah. A, Thanks, a, yeah, no problem. Oh, go ahead, Sam. You was
0: talking. I was just saying that it was a great film, and I'm grateful to be here to watch it.
3: Thanks, Sam.
1: Awesome. Thanks for joining us.
3: Yes, yes. Thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. Is
1: anybody else gonna go jam after this now, like now I feel like I'm <laughs> about to just have a party in my house. Like you wanna come?
3: To Take your mask. come.
1: Bring your mask though.
3: <laughs> <Bring> your mask. <laughs> That's right. Y'all be safe out here. This is the pandemic.
1: <laughs> <That> <laughs> wear <laughs> your mask. You know,
3: <laughs> when I tell y'all,
0: I got sinus issues is going on right now, and I was just like Am I dying? Is this, <laughs> is this the end, Lord? Like how so scary it is, oh but man, I'm paranoia, Toya. I don't like it. No, me, paranoid,
1: me. Oh wait, before we go, also want to shout out Teddy. Slidin' in on the low. Thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, Teddy. Podcast people. <laughs>
0: So um, wait, before we before we close out, Ayana, let everybody know where they can find you. Let them know where they can watch the movie over and over and over again. Because it's my Yes,
3: favorite. you all can um just search it on YouTube and it's available. Um, I am gonna set up a donations link. I think I should do that just in case anybody wants to <laughs> wants to wants to donate, but um you can watch it on YouTube and it is free. And um, in terms of me keeping up with me, you can visit my website. It's my name, just ayanalong.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram. It's um, ayanalong. Like Malik said, I'm just so weird about social media. (laughs) I have an interesting relationship with social media. But you can follow me just to uh, keep up with with things that I have going on. And I appreciate you all for coming out. And and not coming out physically, but being here right now. This is still a, a moment. And I appreciate your presence.
0: could be anywhere else in the world, but you're here with us.
3: Exactly, exactly. Shout out to my cousin in the comments. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's right. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) y'all.
0: Well, again, my name is Michael Muse. I'm co-host of the Sites Podcast and the self-proclaimed Sultan of Southeast. Thank you guys for coming out. This movie was everything, and we will be talking about it for years to come.
1: Bye, <laughs> night,
2: everybody. Hey. 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 Hey.